It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 895. What is happening, Gronks? What's going on? Happy Tuesday. Happy last day of lockdown in Melbourne. Now, I'm going to say something extremely controversial. Oh, keep us locked down. (laughs) Well, well, it's not not political. It's got nothing to do with COVID. Great. Uh, But I'm not ready to come out. Of lockdown, I think I just need a few more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you want the um, the uh, ease ease out, the lockdown yeah. ease out. Yeah, I think we yeah, could do look- one day a, a week. Like, <laughs> let's avoid social interaction. Still, I, I have a little bit of anxiety with the that everyone just assumes now. Like we have to be social. I've never gone out. Why am I having to? Like, it's like, yeah, we're gonna yeah, go to the yeah, pubs. Yeah. It's like. I didn't do that beforehand. Um, I well, understand. I think it's the yeah. choice. Having the choice there is the thing. You become dictated down when you, when we've got a. I mean, if you're telling everyone else they have to do one day, mm-hmm. it is um, sure. It's it's individual, but no, I appreciate it. Like I think I think what you're saying is spot on. Like do the ease back in. You don't want to. You don't want to come out the gates and then actually mm-hmm. uh, become a hermit when you aren't forced to become a hermit. You know, like the the uh, the repercussion of opening up hard and Josh Jansen leaving his house and him resorting to living in, um, you know, moving to Tasmania next week. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would. I mean, I just. Do you feel it at all? Do you feel this? Like to be honest, like literally, uh, Bree and I went for a walk this morning, and she's like, "Okay, we'll go to." You know, how are you feeling about it? I was like, "Well, I just we've got meetings now. Like I'd planned in, an in person meeting." For in like a in a week's time or something, and the yeah. um, uh, I thought that it would be cancelled to be honest, and so now <laughs> I need to like prepare for. I need to buy a clo- I, need, I can't wear a tr- tracksuit pants, yeah. and the Daily Talk Show hoodie to a meeting, so I actually need to go and buy some post COVID pants and yeah. a t shirt just to like. I'm not going to get my whole wardrobe because this isn't you know the best version of me. But I just need yeah. something so that I'm comfortable for the next few weeks as I phase back into some sort of, you know, new normal. Yeah, there's there's new thinking, which is just old ways of thinking that we have to enter back into, like mm-hmm. clothes, like what you're wearing, presentable, mm-hmm. where, are we, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? Are we eating out? All these things, which mm-hmm. are now choices that we can make again. But no, I'm, I kind of haven't... I don't think I've sort of lent into the like the sort of celebration that people have had about coming out. But today I was really thinking, just when I heard a number thrown around of like 190 days or something, 200 days of us being in this, seven months. And like I was just, so Tully's podcast came out today, Too Much Tully, mm-hmm. every Tuesday. Uh, I was just looking at the, we've done 15 episodes of that show. Um, at least 12 of them have been remote. That's 12 weeks. Yeah. That's a lot. It's, like, it's a, it's a long time. That seems like a long time and that was the second lockdown. And mm-hmm. so, it's um, it's a time for celebration. Yeah. It is. But I mean, this gives you an idea. This, this is why I don't want to leave the house. Uh, we live stream. We don't just do the podcast. You can get it on your favourite podcast app if that's how you like it. But we also live stream. Uh, yeah. Amma in the comments writes, your forehead is massive. I mean, this is Which why one? I don't want Who's? to leave the house. Who's? I, I mean, we can only assume whose forehead's bigger. <laughs> mine looks bigger. I, am I closer to the? Ca- I reckon I'm closer to the camera. Uh, mine, mine's looking like um, f- look like eight fingers worth. No, no, mm-hmm. no, it's not. 
Well, look, well, do you know what they what a big forehead's called? What is it? A five head. <laughs> a five head. <laughs> well, you got yeah, a forehead, and then you got a five head. I love that. But I the um, that. I don't know who's. Maybe it's just. I never really thought about it. Do I have a big forehead? Well, I don't know. But, I mean, would you get this level of trolling out in the street? Like, mm-hmm. would someone just yell out, you know, Emma is on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a text you know, message the- from Bree. Uh, I reported the comment as bullying, <laughs> says Bree, the moderator. <laughs> Thank you, Bree. Got my back. Um, or Tommy's uh, forehead. If we know yeah, but what is. if she, she, I think Bree assumed it was your forehead, Josh. Uh, is that Brie contributing to this forehead abuse? Yeah, Brie saying, uh, no, you don't. Uh, don't worry about it. Thank you, Brie. Um, uh, anyway. Look, well, it's it's great. I, I'm looking forward to getting out. Like, just, yeah, ease back in, JJ. Ease back in because mm-hmm. you know you will you will close the curtains for another six months if, if it all... If, if you have the bad experience. Yeah, we can't go too hard. Remember when we came back from the first wave... And I came into the office and everyone, like it was just the transitional point. Remember, everyone was pissing me off. And so then like I was excited to go into the office and then the experience wasn't great. Everyone was annoying me. Oh, yeah. And so, I, guess we, I mean, if I wish we could just flash back to the episode where we were talking about your mm-hmm. grievances of us being back after the first lockdown. Yeah. I mean, what if you just decide, dissect that, mm-hmm. if that is the inevitable that... There are things, you could call them problems, um, that are just needing to be solved in real time, in person, mm-hmm. or in the company of other people. What is the, what's the solution to avoiding that <laughs> other than not going to the office? Well, it's just going a bit slower maybe. Maybe just nothing too fast, just seeing how it's all playing out. Maybe not entering into too many conversations, not having too many, trying to make too many decisions in a week. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of fast, probably multiple and fast decision-making being mm. remote, right? Like lots of conversations, which is not what you... It's not sustainable when you're in an mm. office. Like everyone has to be doing their own work. And so, it's easy to interrupt somebody or just, hey, can you do this or what are you doing? What's up? I want to go for a coffee. But it's That's also because we're doing stuff about like we're talking about the work rather than doing the work because we've been because we do video production and we can't actually go out and film right now. It's talking about everything around the filming, so it's like you know setting up processes and systems and uh, all of that sort of thing. But um, it's just yeah, a different know. gear shift, mm-hmm. a different time. It has. I mean, it's it's. F- someone messaged me yesterday and said, "Hey, do you still do video?" <laughs> so, so uh, technically yes but seven months has gone by yeah. where not much Haven't has been done and so i think the answer is yes mm-hmm. no it is a yes it is a bloody hell hell yes um the have you heard of a guy named will mccaskill no he's a uh scottish philosopher ethicist and one of the originators of the effective altruism movement uh do you want to know what effective altruism is? Yeah. Because I didn't know. Um, sounds cool, though. It's a philosophy and social movement that advocates using evidence and reasoning to determine the most effective ways to benefit others. So, it's like um, donating money. What is the most beneficial mm-hmm. uh, charity to receive your money that will make the most change? And so, like bed nets being an example of one that 
is a game changer. And so you have like for like malaria it, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To prov- you know, like it's cheap to create the bed nets. Mm-hmm. You can create lots of them that benefits lots of people. So it's like that's one way of looking looking at it. And um, he, I think he did his a PhD on. I don't think it was on moral dilemmas, but it had the theme of those, like that kind of human decision-making, like moral dilemmas, what actually mm-hmm. goes on and um, laying out some moral dilemmas in this podcast that he that, that he was in, which, I mean, it's fascinating when it What when was the it podcast? Comes, uh, Sam Harris mm-hmm. and the episodes being good. Should we just call this good. hump day replay Sam Harris? Like just, <laughs> you can just, <laughs> you can be the GB for Sam Harris. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's probably got enough people generating YouTube clips, and mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to away from his podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, moral dilemmas are, is a fun game where I will spit you a few moral dilemmas, and you have to tell me which way you'd fly. Okay. Um, and I guess we're not the psychologist that can then dissect whether you're a psychopath or not mm-hmm. based on your decision. Mm-hmm. Um, because do you have an answer though? Like, what's the um, like? So, is there a correct? interpretation or is there is no, there going I to be an it, answer i think no How do moral I win dilemma the game? is literally just it's it where your mind goes with it what mm-hmm. what's sure. the rationale behind your thinking i think okay. it just more explains your sort of thought process all right, all right. Um, i like this hit me so i've got 25 moral dilemmas when i could get through them all because it sort of needs to lay out the situation i'll read you a few headlines of the moral dilemmas you just tell me which one you'd like mm-hmm. the runaway trolley the deliberate infection, the hostage ecologist, the life insurance policy, the submarine crew. Any of those jump out at you? The runaway trolley sounds yeah, uh, that's, the that, least that, problematic. That got me too. That got, <laughs> that got me too. I feel like okay. it's submarine. It feels like there's going to be a lot of deaths involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big decisions. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like the trolley I can handle. Vibe. Yeah, do okay. you stop the trolley from hitting the Commodore if the Commodore is <laughs> about to... You know, <laughs> hit an old lady. Uh, hit the me. runaway trolley. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Put your thinking cap on what you'd do. A runaway trolley is heading down the tracks to a, towards five workmen who will be killed if the trolley proceeds on the present course. Molly is on a footbridge over the tracks in between the approaching trolley and the five workmen. Next to her on this footbridge is a stranger who happens to be very large. If she does nothing, the trolley will proceed, causing the death of five workmen. The only way to save their lives of these workmen is to push this stranger off the bridge and onto the tracks below, where where his large body will stop the trolley, causing his death. Should Molly push the stranger onto the tracks in order to save the five workmen? You decide. No. Molly shouldn't push the fat man. No, no. No, well, because the thing is there's no uh, there's no guarantee. I mean, this is big in sort of uh, autonomous cars. This is the issue, right? So it's like yeah. if, you're, uh, if you're in, a, uh, in an autonomous car and there's two bad scenarios, one is hitting one car, one scenario is hitting a pedestrian or whatever it is, yeah. how does the car work out what to do? Um, yeah. But no, I think that there's, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think, uh, don't think there's a good answer there. Well, I think it's like one life 
versus five. So you're deciding that one life is worth more than the other five. Or? But you're also you're also considering that your decision's right, that that would in fact do it, which is well, I think it that will do it. That's what you can't. I think the moral dilemmas are, are painted in a way that's this is what will happen, and you have the decision. It's not then making up on top of the moral dilemma. So the the other thing to look at is, um, it is a it, it is a fake situation. But if you just to take it as what it, what will happen, you will push and it will stop, or if you don't push, it will kill five. But then it's about the person that is willing to push somebody, mm. and that decision making that you're actually you have the ability to kill somebody mm-hmm. isn't that like playing god at that point uh, yeah uh, well I mean, it's, it's playing it's, something it's it's saying <laughs> it well it's it's saying yeah I, th- I mean this is why it's the moral dilemma yeah. because um yeah there's a there's a bunch of i mean what what website is this where are you pulling this from i mean there's uh, I, I chose the one that wasn't BuzzFeed mm-hmm. <laughs> to to prevent that. Um, do you want me to give you one more? What do you I think mean, the all... overweight bit has to do with it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think do you the, think that like if you thing... look into it, like this is like I guess where it's like a bit problematic because what there is there an implication there that he's potentially not as healthy or so then well, you've I got to make. Well, I think they're trying a... to lay out a scenario that makes you decide, and so there is mm-hmm. there could be someone will make a decision being like fat bastard to push him. Mm-hmm. Like which is you know that's then you're not helping these, our fat phobic um, review. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I didn't write this thing, but it's like that is trying to activate something, or they're like putting little cues in these things to give somebody the opportunity to either make a decision based on their bias mm-hmm. or past experience. You know, so it's like yeah, I think those little details are purposeful mm-hmm. in crafting you know or giving somebody the you know the the all the sort of scenarios that will then help them make a decision or so so one one thought of it one thought of it is so they're on tracks and this is a trolley on the track is that the idea it's a trolley on a track yeah and so the thing is that there's the other element is that uh when when the uh, people who are working on the track, uh, they they have they've signed into that work, and so mm-hmm. they've also signed into the the OHNS and the risk and the things that are involved. The person that mm-hmm. is walking across the bridge is just someone, uh, just a pedestrian walking, and mm-hmm. so I think that part of the consideration too is that with every job there's a risk. And that risk is associated with what those five people are doing. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, I couldn't the the murdering bit. I mean, the the actively deciding to push mm-hmm. somebody is probably where it it goes wrong for me. If and the the five lives goes out of the out out of the equation at that point. Mm-hmm. It's full. I mean, it's full on. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you said, that like that scenario is very, very common. I've heard that the the, the Tesla version or the ELA, the autonomous car mm-hmm. is like old per- decide to hit one old person or bump into a car and kill four mm-hmm. young people. 
But isn't I think that this is the whole this is the thing that's come up with all of the COVID stuff. Is it's like like my view on it is it's a, a life is a life. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is um, in places like the US, it's like oh, if, it, if it kills a bunch of old people, like it is what it is. And mm. so, unfortunately, like whether someone is seventy or they're twenty five. I think that as a society, we should value those lives equally. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's the, yeah, that's why it's the the moral dilemma. And I think that if you look at what's happening in the world at the moment, you can see where some people's morals potentially are a bit skewed. Yeah. Well, the one I heard them sort of outlaying was there's a burning house and there's, you you can save one child or inside of that house is the Mona Lisa, the painting. And so, you could take that off the wall, which you could sell for $100 million or whatever it be, and use that money to save millions of children. Which one do you do? Do you take the Mona Lisa or do you save the child? It's yeah, a, I don't, like, yeah, no, I think like it's you, you save the child. I think that like, there's too mu- too many sort of... Uh, yeah, no, I think I feel like these these things are easy. Like when I'm thinking about them, it's like that that idea of the money to then enable this thing. The person mm. who isn't willing to save the child that's in front of them, mm. I, I wonder their moral compass or ability to you know what do you call it? You know the the little Freddy's fire fund the hundred million dollars that the kid burnt burnt alive to save a bunch of kids yeah i just think it's um is that a real thing what's that no no i'm just i know i'm just saying that that's what like you're acute like uh, so i i saved the mona lisa and um but obviously we've got freddie's fire freddie freddie's fucking dead because you had to pick one Unfortunately, yeah. with COVID, it's only like with it all with all the um, sort of uh, changes in the economy. Mona Lisa only worth ninety mil, but we're still gonna, we're gonna <laughs> still be able to do a bunch. I don't know. Like, are we really thinking? Like the other the other consideration too is it's like um, so many of these things are so ingrained and instinctive. Like, so for me, it's like if I see someone who's being injured. My like I was thinking about this the other day. My first thing is to call an ambulance. Like I don't feel like I guess part of it comes down mm-hmm. to uh, self esteem or what do we think? What do we think is the um, we can do? What is what's the best tool that we mm. have to be able to do something? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think. Um, I mean the the extension from the like helping an individual. Mm-hmm. To helping multiple individuals, like there is, there is so many opportunities for us to help multiple individuals. But I think as humans, the the heroic save or the 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 thing that's really clear to us that has the result of I helped an individual, it could be one person. You know, like the thought of like one being able to directly impact like an individual. Like I think the if you were to donate money. Mm-hmm directly to somebody and have a relationship with them where you understood what they were doing with the money and you could see the benefit like it feels like it's there's more stimulus 
in the reward than donating, say, like the bed net thing, mm-hmm. where you're helping lots of people with a similar amount of money. And mm-hmm. so, but that's just a ingrained in us as humans that, like, yes, you know, how amazing you'd feel and heroic you'd feel saving somebody from the train tracks, one individual versus many. I also and, and think not- the difference is between uh, with visibility too. So I think that the answer yeah. would be different. So all of these moral um, decisions would be different if uh, if other people would know what happened. Yeah, true. So I think that that's like a consideration. So it's um, if because if you think about it in government in life, there are so many times where it's like you are donating to a charity you're making a decision on a charity but it doesn't mean that you're disregarding all other charities like people mm. could see it that way right it's like oh why are you supporting this thing when there's these starving people over here like that that becomes yeah. like problematic and i think that that's the issue that we're facing uh, in the world at the moment which is just like there are so many issues there's so many things that we yeah. need to fix that we need to to work on there was a um charity set up the idea was merry-go-rounds in African countries mm-hmm. and the spinning of the merry-go-round would help, you know, the children could jump on and play and move their friends around in a circle and the movement would uh, draw water out of a, bo- a bore or a, a well and so it was like this two-prong approach where it was fun for kids but beneficial for the village Mm-hmm. And it got so much traction and there was celebrities endorsing it, you know, millions and millions of dollars donated from the US government and um, and they and they went ahead with it, the development of it, and it with all the praise and it being like a cool idea, you could imagine BuzzFeed running an article about it and it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. It, what happens is the kids got tired and the village, it ended up having to be used by the elderly women in the village, mm-hmm. drawing out the water, which... Yeah, I mean, this is what's... I think that, um, yeah, there's so many examples of... Like, I don't think necessarily the most important charity wins, the, mm-hmm. the, the ones with the best marketing or the best ability to communicate a story. There's, there's so many examples of that. There's... Um, they do win in in terms of winning if they if they're playing that game of best advertising or best which marketing. you are well no so the thing is that if you're in a, if you're a charity, what are you trying to do? You're trying to have impact, and mm. so this is the thing with like galas, galas people you look at them and it's like oh this is a wank <laughs> yeah. fest, but they work like galas work. The um yeah there was a charity where they spent like a quarter of a million dollars on a VR experience where everyone sat down and they had their own uh, VR headset and they put it on and they could uh, basically walk around this village and um, it communicated a great story. And the thing was that that uh, campaign, uh, that sort of, uh, you know, set of raising, they raised millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so whilst a quarter of a million dollars seems like a lot of money, when you look at the impact that it can have, and that's what I think is relevant when we spoke to Daniel Flynn from Thank You, was it's like uh, it's not this thing of money versus charity or business versus charity. 
we need to work out a solution that encourages the best people in the world, the best people in their field, the best marketers, the best operations mm. people to work in these important industries and with this mm. important sort of uh, goal because otherwise it's like if we assume that charity, you know, they need to be not spending much money and doing all that sort of thing, like what yeah. business does well without spending large amounts of money on marketing? Well, and then, yeah, the the great minds of the world are usually lured towards working for the big tech companies or like, you know, problem solving because there is high reward monetary, not to say that that's greedy on their behalf, but maybe that's just where their field of, you know, expertise ends up sort of directing them. And then it's, yeah, so it's like, the the appealing nature of solving some problems that would save lives might mm. not be that appealing or might not have what you're saying like that 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 draw in effect that say come work for google mm. might have well that but i think that that's why we we have things a bit skew if at the moment that that yeah. is yeah. the thing you know the yeah. uh that doing Status. the yeah, exactly. It's 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 yeah. high status to work for a big tech company and we see the impact and we sort of we write articles, but there are many people who are nurses, doctors, teachers, all these things that actually are so important and they're not getting paid the most. And so there is I guess this is this is the big issue of our generation is how do we how do we create a system that doesn't just benefit the 1% that are great at, say, solving technology problems, but distributed across to people who are having massive impacts. Like if mm. if we didn't have teachers, if we didn't have nurses, if we didn't have all these yeah. people, we'd be fucked. But yet we, um, if, if, fine, if money is one way that we not only re- reward people but also show a level of appreciation or show status in society. We should be bringing people who are, you know, first responders, people who are, you know, um, doing the the hard work that, you know, think about what we do. Like think about entertainment. Think about how many comedians, entertainers are super, super wealthy and think about what they get to do. And then you think about the – you know the people who are showing up every day doing mm. the unsexy work um i don't know what the answer is yeah yeah it's, i mean it's tough mm-hmm. there's so much appeal to the status of you know that high status in that way and we also think- need good people we need we need critical thinkers we need people who are also think are socially responsible in companies like google uh, like Facebook to make sure that there's some accountability. So the the other thing too is we can't, you, you don't want to, we need to make sure that these organisations that have a huge amount of power also have a moral, comp- uh, a moral compass as well. Mm. Um, we got an email. Yeah, it's a lot, lot to think about. We got an email from uh, Julia. So we asked, uh, have you had a dream about us the other day? <laughs> Julia says, Hey team, the other night I was scrolling Instagram before I went to bed and saw Josh's TDTS quote saying, if you had a dream about us, send us an email. And then that night I had a dream about you. <laughs> this is what she, this is what the dream was. Are you ready? Yeah, go, go. Basically, 
I had to order a pizza for you all and Josh was stressing to me over the phone that it had to be delivered within the hour and a half, otherwise you wouldn't eat it. But a lady overheard the conversation and told me not to bother because that pizza place was apparently hopeless and would take two hours minimum. Super random, and I don't know how it ended. Haha. <laughs> hopefully, if you've had, uh, hopefully you've had some more interesting dream emails than this one, <laughs> Julia. That's a great email, Julia. Mate, you had us at food chat, Julia. It's that's A plus. It's a very plus. consistent. At least I'm consistent in people's dreams as well. <laughs> Complaining about your order, um, yeah, yeah. wanting your pizza within Uber an hour. Eats. I mean, that, that's yeah, it, that, I mean that's understandable. If you got a, if you ordered a pizza and it was over an hour, you'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. You would be pissed. I mean, this is the thing. Uh, Bree and I uh, were talking about restaurants, going to a restaurant. Left it too late. Just like it's it's already booked up. Have you noticed this? Have oh, you tried this yeah. at all? Like just with um, the lockdowns easing, the um, yeah, we're like, oh, let's go to this restaurant. It's like, okay, not this weekend. Well, maybe uh, see it as a sign. Mm-hmm. It's, I definitely yeah. am not ready. But the other I thing mean, is you- haircuts. Like the thing, I can't, you know what I'm like. I I don't like lines i don't like waiting i don't like the sitting on the couch who's going next sitting next to yeah. people that uh, is old just school you could you could you could find one where you could take a booking i mean it's rather than the lining up so you could just like really push it a lot of the hipster places like are, so they promoting that more now is booking promoted more in this place you're going to so like the I, barber down the road do you think that like barbers no. that would normally just uh, like not do bookings because that's a Anywhere, thing. Anywhere, yeah. I mean, I was surprised that the place that I went to on the weekend usually is a booking, or you could I mean, walk in, in if they're free. Center. Yeah, yeah. But usually, it is a hair, it's not a it's not a class as a barber mm-hmm. where you just like line up, get get your haircut when you when we're ready. But there's a heap of places. Maybe book yeah. in, get yourself a real nice treatment. One hundred and fifty. Spit, drop 150 on the, on your first haircut back. I mean, what's the um, – I would pay extra for no banter. That's one thing. I think that if I – like, I think that would be a great – what about – you know how they do um, at the uh, at the, the supermarkets, they'll do like a quiet Wednesday for people with like autism or whatever where it's like, oh, we – Oh, like, yeah. Like turn off the music, dim down the lights. Can we yeah. have this – for barbers, like I would pay more for sort of the autism hour where I can go and it's just no, no bullshit, combo. no convo, just cut my hair. What about you lean into it and you put on a persona? I reckon it'd be easier for you to act as someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, um, J- Jason Lanson, just and then just go <laughs> You hard. just go full persona. Just, just you're a chippy, mm-hmm. and you've had it. You've been working the whole time. I mean, they might see your hands, but that's okay. They won't. They, they're not going to say anything. But uh, maybe they will. Maybe they're like, "Oh, mate, what are you working on? Uh, just a work site on Smith Street." Yeah. Um, what, what is it? How, big one or small one? Like, uh, yeah, it's a big one, but we can't have many people on site at the moment. Oh, it's been annoying about the COVID stuff, hasn't it? It's bloody, yeah. you know, we've been out of, we haven't been out of work in a long, so they always bring it back to them. They, <laughs> this is, and then just listen to Do you think they're saying the same thing about you? <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, where I went, I, um, the, he, they were Persian. They mm-hmm. seemed to want to talk 
in Persian more than English. They could mm-hmm. speak English very well, but I hardly got anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe go at the end of the day. That's it. Tired. Don't want to fucking talk. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they've done 40 cuts in a day and they're, they're just... You may get a less quality haircut, but that's okay. You get less... <laughs> I've actually got a great PR idea. This would actually... This would get a barber in the news. I'm, I'm being deadly serious. It's called the No Banter Barber. And so, it's... That's all... You can be guaranteed that there'll be no banter, potentially even... Um, uh, like I wonder if they could um, cut through a um, it, and here's another name the glory hole barber. It's just they have a hole and they cut through. You you just go on the one side with your head and they do it. You don't even know the, who the barber is, so you don't have to make eye contact. Yeah, well, yeah, you can see your face, but you just sort of see a um, a background with a hole and you just see the scissors and the thing come out. There is masks the thing being on the um, trimmers. Masks on take mm-hmm. take away that sort of personal element. I think mm-hmm. you know you can't see someone's facial cues, signs, and so you, yeah. I reckon yeah, I reckon you're safe. Or there's just a leaning in doing it mm-hmm. and just don't talk. I think if I think what you're talking about is the people that don't have any signal, any understanding of social cues. If you're no, not talking, because they don't I talk. the thing is that I'm terrible at giving the correct social cue. So I go like what you're talking about. I go the other way where I'm like, I need to be personable. I need, be. and so I became like best mates with one hairdresser where he's like, ah, oh, my mate's actually looking for like a subleasing. So I'm like, oh, I've got a place, and so he's like texting me his mate's number, and it's just it became too much too quickly. He was talking about his um his drug addiction and, you know, drug oh, abuse and things yeah. like that. And so it just, it became this thing where I, I liked him, but I was just like, it became too much. And the thing was that it, it was also like, I just came in with so much confidence. And so I remember saying to him, I'm like, I never do this, but like I found the hairdresser, like let's, I'm going to start booking in every six weeks. And then just by, I think like the second appointment, I was like, this is this is too much. This is uh, this is tiring for both of us, I think, because yeah, he felt yeah. like he was bringing. So, and so the thing is, it's like you don't want to have to go to the hairdresser and have them say, "Oh, did you um did you hear from my mate about the lease?" And then you have to explain that, "Oh, it's more of an office space. It doesn't really suit having a brewery like set up, <laughs> you know, that, that type of thing." And so this is the this is what happens. Just. Shut your mouth and just don't mm-hmm. talk. No banter, just Barber. Sh- no banter. None. Mm, just nod. Yeah. The oh, other no. thing is like live, starting uh, to live teeth. here wisdom too teeth. much. That's a good excuse. Wisdom teeth. Wisdom teeth is good. Oh, mate. Wisdom teeth. I, do you know what I've done? I don't know if this is obnoxious. I think it probably is. I've done this a few times on my walks. I just say to the other person, like, I actually can't be well talking. Can you just talk? And I'll listen. <laughs> Is Have you walked with them since? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done it with uh, Jack. I did it with Bree this morning, actually. What's the you experience at that point, If Craig, like Craig Harper says? I think it's like uh, <laughs> it depends if they want to talk or not. I think that's an honesty thing, right? Which is just like, hey, like I'm just – I've got fucking nothing. Like, can you just – why did I do it? I feel like there was a specific reason. Yeah, I've just been talking all day. I was like, can you – oh, but that was the, the thing. Jack ended up being like, okay, well, um, when I said, can you just talk, he was like, okay, well, um, 
I'm guessing you'd be talking right now about this, <laughs> and then I'd probably say this. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. If they drop off, it's not working for you. If they mm-hmm. hang in there, they might see it as a fun game. Because like, I end up talking, I think, but it's just sometimes. Sometimes, do you ever do that? Have you ever said, "Are you cool just to talk"? Nah, never. Okay, it's good. It takes a lot of like when it's just there's something nice about it because you can try and trick them into it by asking them like a question that you hope they give a long answer for. Yeah, but there's also something interesting about seeing someone just monologue next to you, <laughs> so they have to just come up with the thing. Yeah, it's a weird challenge. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some people might lean into it. Mm-hmm. What happens if there's two of you? It's a silent walk. If the um. Yeah, like this, which I think is perfect. Like I think that there's something I get so excited when there's silence. Do I never you? used to be you like feel this. Silence. Well, no. So the that's thing the is, weird, that's the contradiction. You f- you love to feel it, but I used to be like that. I don't think I'm like that anymore. Well, the barber situation you're saying, because then mm-hmm. in that case you could actually just if you just stopped talking, they'd probably stop, and if they don't stop, that's on them. So, so the thing is, like, my yeah. only issue with silence is if the other person isn't across what's going on. And so the thing is that if, for people that I'm close with, silence is all good because we, we understand that. The, and so the thing is, it's the, uh, I think this is across the board. When you get more familiar with someone or become closer, there isn't a sense that you need to keep the conversation going the whole time. Oh, yeah. It's the classic, you know, I can't believe we're so, we're so close now. Like when we drive, we mm. don't even have to talk, but we know we like each other. Exactly. It's like the new relationship. I've said mm-hmm. that probably 10 times. <laughs> That's your way of getting out of talking. <laughs> yeah, just... Because like, oh, isn't it great we don't have to talk? And then you just put on Matchbox 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Gronks. Happy Tuesday. Too much tallies episode has just dropped. Mm-hmm. I think we might, we've got a, um, a special guest tomorrow. I think we'll bring that. We're going to um, pre-record for later in the week, but I think we'll actually put it out tomorrow, TJ. So, special yeah, guest uh, tomorrow on the show. Uh, hi at thedailytalkshow.com. Send us an email. How are you going if you're in Melbourne and you're getting out of lockdown? Or do you have any advice in regards to how I can go to the barber without uh, social anxiety? <laughs> Uh, have also, you got a barber that just doesn't talk and yet yeah, and that's yeah. why you go to them but mm-hmm. there's no there's no agreement between the two of you but that's just mm-hmm. why it's the way it goes down yeah uh leave us a re- review on apple podcasts if you are inclined uh outside of that enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you tomorrow guys have a good one see you guys <laughs>